Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Metcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Today, I speak with Rohit Arora, who is the CEO and founder of biz to credit America's 412th fastest growing company. Rohit is perhaps the granddaddy of fintech. He uh, set up a financial services technology-based business in 2007, right? The year the iPhone came out, way before fintech became fashionable like it is today. And he set up a business with a mission. As a first-generation immigrant, he could see a real need amongst the immigrant community for easy access to credit so that they could build businesses and create their livelihoods. And so that long-term sense of impact has really driven the business. He's made some very clever choices, which has positioned the business for huge scale in the future, uh, probably globally. So enjoy this conversation, listen in to that long-term strategic and almost moral perspective behind the way he's building the business and the ups and downs of the journey. Here's the really interesting discussion with Rohit Arora. Hi, Rohit, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. Well, today we want to explore your secrets of scaling, Rohit. You've built biz to credit which is America's 412th fastest growing company, uh, into an industry-leading um, digital platform solutions play, as I understand it, for banks and other financial institutions. I know you started it you know, many years ago, and you've now seen this great success. Um, so what I'd love to do today is dive into that and find out a little bit about the story behind that. So perhaps can we just start at the start? What led you, uh, I think it was back in 2006, something like that, to actually... 2007, yeah. 2007, there we go. So back in 2007, what was it that set you on this journey? Why did you decide this is the business that I want to build? Uh, I think that's a very interesting question. Like any other startup, you know, this was partly planned and partly opportunistic and partly accidental, you know, the startups Mm. don't like don't just come along with just a like a great plan initially ever uh so uh yeah so me and my brother you know we are we are first generation immigrants uh into the country came from india and uh, being in new york you know we used to meet with a lot of business owners and a lot of immigrants and one theme there that was always there even prior to the great financial crisis was that how tough it was for small businesses small and mid-sized businesses to get access to capital uh, which mm. was very surprising for me that I thought in a country like US, which had or which still has a very well-oiled financial system, you know, it should have been pretty easy for, you know, good, hardworking, small and mid-sized businesses to get access to credit. But that was not the case. And that is still not the case uh, to a large mm. extent. So uh, so that's where the idea really germinated. And this was like, you know, at 
like at that time when internet was just becoming more ubiquitous 2007 when steve jobs launched the first iphone it was very clear that now internet will move from a desktop to like into the hands of the people and that was a very very i would say seminal moment because uh, it is very it was very clear even that point of time that for a lot of business owners who are always on on a run you know uh, now if they have internet in their hands you know it will change their overall dynamics of doing business uh, so when we started the company there was no no term like fintech uh, you know there was nothing uh, hot about this sector which has now become so hot Right. And yeah. So you, I, you, you were there before fintech. You were the original fintech company, right? By the yeah. 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 So we were like one of the original fintech firms when the word fintech was not even, uh, you know, coined. And the idea, the, the, what we had at that point of time was that you know, uh, you know, how can we set up a digital platform where you know businesses can come in, they can converge, they can put all their information and data. And typically, you know, the models that were working at that point of time in the internet world were mostly lead gen models where you aggregate those leads and then you sell it to uh, different uh, stakeholders, whether they were lenders, insurance companies or or other folks. And where we differentiated ourselves was we said, we're not going to sell it at leads because once you sell this information as leads, then you don't, yeah, exactly. They're gone. You don't own a relationship. They have no reason to come back to you. Uh, so we said, what if we create a platform where, you know, these business owners can come in, they can, you know, put all their data, they can come back, they can review what they are doing. And then, you know, we do all the analysis piece and then we get lenders at the back end to go and, you know, do the lending piece of it. Uh, so that's how we started the company. It was a small start here in New York and, and we initially were very focused in the New York region. And then uh, the, the Great Recession hit. And it was a very, very tough next two, two and a half years because, you know, we were ourselves were a small business at that point of time. And then all of a sudden credit uh, totally vanished from the market while there was a great need for credit at that point of time. But what it did. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, you in in one way, you're in the right place because it was a need. On the other hand, it was extremely tough, I guess. Extremely tough. Yeah. Yeah. The good thing that happened because of that was that we, we, we figured out that a lot of the business owners started looking online at that point of time because their existing right. relationship with banks went for a toss. And we thought that, you know, this could be a great time to uh, invest more money into a business like this. And once the markets start coming back, then it will become mm. a, a much, much bigger business. We also figured out that there were five big, you know, t- touch points for businesses. It was like uh, keeping their books, payroll, payments, filing their taxes and doing some kind of, you know, marketing, uh, you know, for their businesses. And we said, what if, if we start plugging into those ecosystems? So, so the word APIs or that API concept was still not there. Yeah. Uh, so we started envisaging that, you know, that if we can, if we can work on that and we can create a platform and technology. And as I said, next two, two and a half years was a very much a struggle for us. Also, we were a small company. We didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we kept kept plugging along with, you know, our vision for building a platform, a technology where SMBs could come and converge, you know, actually. Yeah. So what, I think what I love about this story, Rohit, is that you started in a way with what you had. You know, I mean, you were, as you said, first generation immigrant. I guess you, you other people in those communities, right, yes. who were... 
having real issues, right, about getting their access to credit. And so you saw in that a problem that you could solve and you, uh, and that was meaningful, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's really interesting because sometimes it's easy to think about looking for business, you know, way outside your sphere of reference, like what is what's hot in the world. But actually the answer was really, really close to you, right? In the business owners that you knew, I guess, in New York when you were, when you were there. Yeah. 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 So looking at, at their pain points, looking at what they were doing well and what they were not doing well. Yes. And then our ability to go and solve for those problems, you know, one by one. And, yes. and I think I think that was a very uh, much our strategy at that point of time. It was a very, it was a strategy that required a lot of patience and a lot of time and effort because it was not something, a problem that you could solve overnight. And and it's still a problem. We, we have made a lot of progress, but I still view this uh, as much like we are still at the starting point. You know, we haven't really, you know, there's so much more coming now because right. of COVID, you know. Uh, so I think the idea always was to create this ecosystem, get all these businesses, get all their data, analyze them, give them the insights, and then build the right lending products on the other side and then start, you know, offering that back to them. Got it. So so where are you now? So that was very, the early days, obviously, and then, you, you know, you started to grow, and then you had this massive compl- you know, <laughs> financial crisis to go through. And now, you know, fast forward to 2021, um, you know, you've made the Financial Times list. So just give us a sense of how big the company is and, and, and what it's achieved in that period. Yeah, so I think it has been a very interesting last 18 months. Uh, you know, we were we were growing pretty well prior to the COVID and then the COVID came and then we saw, you know, the impact of COVID initially and then with uh, such a big stimulus coming in. Uh, that, you know, it, it totally turned around. So the company, we have grown a lot, even more in 2020 and now 2021. Uh, we are close to 600 people in the company now. And uh, and since we are a technology platform company, so we don't have to employ like armies of people to go and achieve yeah, scale because uh, once you have a platform, then it becomes like a flywheel kind of a, of, of a concept and then it grows very quickly. And what we have seen over the last 18 months is that all the investments that over the years we have made in technology, in our data science, in our overall customer relationships are starting to pay off in a very big way now for us. And uh, just, you know, during the PPP, which was a government-led program, and we were one of the lenders, so we did close to $5 billion in lending in that itself. Uh, And we acquired close to, I would say, 200,000 new customers uh, during that uh, process over the last 18 months. So I would say last 18 months has really, uh, you know, shown us that if you have the the perseverance, patience and the vision in business and you stick around, you know, uh, times uh, will change. And then, you know, it's like, you know, then and, and right now what's happening is because of the COVID, you know, the whole digital acceleration or the acceleration towards the digital space has increased so tremendously yeah. now yeah. Yeah. Uh, that we are seeing a lot of tailwind uh, because of that in our business now so let me take the conversation a slightly different route at this point it's easy to get into and we perhaps we'll get there in some of the, the strategies and techniques you've used and obviously i hear that you've built this ecosystem this data platform products on top of that and that's really been scaling but let's just go back to um a little bit about the why like what what drives you what motivates you, right? You've had to do this for the long haul, right? I mean, you've been in this business for almost 15 years. You've gone through some difficult periods. 
What's the driving force? Yeah, no, I I think that's a very good question and I joke around, but that's true. When I started the business, I had full crop of hair. <laughs> and, uh, and I've lost most of it because, you know, running a startup and then scaling it up is an extremely stressful and an extremely uncertain, you know, kind of stuff. We have survived two, two big recessions, you know, and not only have we survived, we have, you know, thrived through both of it and have actually mm. quite a bit. I think the challenges always have been that, you know, and and what really drives us is, you know, uh, uh, I would say our mission and our passion, you know, so we started this business not to make money. You know, I, I, I have a very strong belief that, you know, you should never chase money. You should always chase, a, a, you know, a vision and create some kind of a value, you know, out there, you know, that is something very important, you know, actually. Uh, and, and I think, I, I think our long-term vision is something that drives us our long-term mission to again as to serve underserved businesses, you know, businesses which have having initially or even right now have hard time to, you know, get access to capital or ability to grow. You know, that's very important for us. Create a lot of employment, both directly and indirectly. You know, that's that's an important piece and helping people achieve their dreams. I think I think that's very important. Those are the things that really, you know, drive us forward in terms of uh, you know achieving more success and by not focusing on trying to make money or you know maximization of uh, our own interest you know in my view that is a better value proposition for for a business like ours mm. well I mean, as i like to say finance is the fuel uh, but it has to power something right i mean it's it's, <laughs> it's fuel for destination right a business yes. needs it yes um, and obviously you want people to be well paid and enjoy their jobs and everything. And, um, but I think that impact as well that you talked about is, is, is fantastic. Um, uh, you talked about helping people achieve their dreams, but like how practically does that sound a very lofty ambition? How do you make that something you can do something with? Yeah. So I, I will give you a few examples. Like a lot of businesses come to us, they're opening up a restaurant or a cell phone store or a liquor store these main street mom and pop businesses and uh, and they are uh, having still very hard time in getting access to credit, some guidance when they come on our platform, you know, they get all those different things, you know, through our tools, mm. our, what we call, we have case managers who are really relationship managers. So we invest a lot of time, money and effort in that, you know, we are very invested in the, uh, in like, you know, helping the businesses which are on our platform to grow, you know, to get better, more sustainable, you know, businesses that they can go and build. Uh, and also, you know, uh, help to create even more jobs. So I think uh, it sounds lofty, but uh, but but on ground, if you are able to help a lot of these mom and pop businesses, and and that's a global need, and that's a global mm. you know thirst now. And I think COVID has even shown that even more that you know uh, the need to support and nurture small businesses is extremely important for well-being of any economy out there. These conversations are all about scaling yourself to scale your business. And one of the biggest barriers that stops us from doing that is getting stuck in operations and not spending time on the most valuable strategic work. So I do recommend that you take our free executive productivity assessment. It's just 10 quick questions to find out exactly where you are on the journey to executive time management mastery. You'll then discover how you can free yourself up for more strategic activity. To take the assessment, 
head to xquadrant.com slash go slash productivity assessment with a hyphen between those two last words. Now, back to the conversation. Yeah, that's fantastic. On the journey, what's one thing that you think you did really, really well that's helped the business scale? And what's one thing you feel that you got a bit wrong at one point and you had to correct on? So I think where we did well was in our long-term vision and in our long-term, you know, uh, perseverance, you know, our ability to uh, make sacrifices, uh, our ability to not like chase mindless growth, you know, uh, too quickly, uh, you know, has been our strength. I think some of our weaknesses or mistakes have been just, you know, there have been, you know, instances where we could have grown faster or spend more money on branding and marketing kind of stuff, you know, that we didn't do earlier because we were very focused on just building more and more value and also, uh, you know, uh, 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 also you are having the right use of money. So I think those are the things that we could have done more in, in that sense. But but I think overall, having a long-term vision and ability mm. to stick through uh, good times and bad times, I think is very important for any business. Yeah, it's a bit like, a, it sounds like in a way, at some point, perhaps you were like a, a best kept secret, right? That you had you'd built a lot of value, but it wasn't quite yeah. out there at the scale exactly. that it could have been. Exactly. Um, but in a sense, that's that's um, that's a great position to be in, isn't it? Where you build a gem that you can then uh, you you can then show to show out to the world. And I think sometimes it's better to do it that way than to over-index on the marketing, right, and not have the substance behind it. So I guess that's, that's true. That's true. And we saw that during the crisis, two of our biggest competitors who had spent who had raised a lot of money, one of them had gone even public. Mm. And uh, they spent a lot more money than us on marketing. Both of them folded up. Right, so right. Uh, so that was very obvious and clear that when you are putting a lot of polish on things without having substance, you know, that doesn't work for very long. Mm. And I, I'd imagine you might have some um, word of mouth as well, right? Given your kind of business, if people are running a business and they... A lot of, yeah, a lot of our business comes word of mouth. A lot of our business comes from the fact that we are very consistent in what we do. Yes. You know, we don't change course too much. We are very patient with, you know, the way we want to grow. Mm. And we don't want to, like, like we have a lot of growth ambitions. We don't lack any of that ambition. But we also don't like to rush into things, you know, in a mindless manner. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I love this long-term perspective and, yeah, building something that's durable, right? And that's well thought through. Where do you go from here? Uh, so, you know, you've got to your 600 people, you said the investments are really paying off, you start to see that scale. If we're having this conversation in two or three years, what, what would you hope to be telling me? So I would say there are two or three things. Obviously, you know, we are investing a lot of money in, uh, in our technology piece because that's something that is gathering so much of pace and adoption right now. So our Biz2X business is a great example where, you know, we started it. In 2019, we already have like 50, 60 banks who are using our platform. You know, we already run a large uh, commercial lending platform in Australia as a joint venture. You know, we are looking to go global now, you know, in some of the other countries where there's an acute need for, uh, you know, SME financing and also ecosystems and digital platforms. So that's that's part of the plan. Part of the plan is to create more IP. And I think if in two or three years, if everything works according to a plan, then, you know, be a 
be a much bigger brand and then you know and if it makes sense uh, at that point of time even plan to go ipo mm. yeah nice and so how many markets are you in today and how many you know what does going global mean for you what would that look right like? now obviously us is our biggest market we have presence in india uh you know we we work with some of the largest lenders there to license our bistro x platform in australia we run a joint venture uh, uh so obviously in some of those markets like india and australia mm-hmm. we are we are deepening down more to grow uh, our business while in us there's a lot of opportunity right now because post covid world is right. looking very different than pre covid world in terms of digital adoptions yes and then we are looking at some of the other markets uh, where we foresee that there's going to be a lot of opportunity and demand for our bistro x platform now yeah fantastic and so here's the, here's a a question that's what you think as you go from that today's business to perhaps be scaling out across multiple new markets how's your own leadership going to need to change what's the growth that you're going to need to take in order to continue to lead the company right through this increasing complexity and scale how might yeah. you want to shift what you do yeah so i think i think the key is that again you know going back if you have a long term vision and your patience and you can empower people you know like hire the right people and then empower them and let them make some mistakes you know don't yeah, stop yeah. them from doing that uh, uh, and and have a very strong framework of doing things i think that's 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 important uh, frameworks uh, you know you you need to set up the culture and you need to you know have those frameworks so that should not change too much from market to market out there uh, having said that i think empowering people you know doing things the right way uh, having a very strong moral compass is very important because if as founders or as senior leadership team you don't have long term patience and vision then uh, your folks won't have that you know and that's and that i think is very important that don't be in a rush to get things done because i think right now people are in a lot of rush you know like they feel like okay let me go and raise more money you know next round of funding next round of funding and then just keep you know and and they feel this is going to keep going on and in my view that's not going to happen you know we are we are coming in to a point where we will see this bubble getting bur- bursted you know sooner than mm. later and i think uh, the way we have grown over the years is that keep keep your keep your path very consistent and disciplined yes. and the power of compounding is so large that people will come people will fall up fall away people will have setbacks if as a company we can just maintain our focus and our mission then we can just keep growing and that growth accelerates every year because of that focus and that uh, you know and that being true to your mission you know yeah no i love that I mean, that all sounds fantastic which bit of that would you say for you is the biggest thing you're going to have to remember you know shift on or do slightly differently because i can already see that you're doing a lot of work on the long term vision the um the empowering these kind of things that yes. must be happening already so yes. what's it going to be is is it more that you f- you feel you need to spend less time on some of those operational decisions yourself and more time on setting culture uh, and 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 providing and communicating or you know just just wondering what what the shift is like what you know what what we doing what are you doing today that you think might be different in in two or three years i would i would the all the difference is setting the vision you know uh, uh, uh making everybody remain true to the mission 
you know conveying that message at a more yeah. scalable manner Scale, right yeah, yeah exactly operational side is still very important i think a lot of founders or ceo miss uh, that or make a mistake when they think like once the mm. company has grown to a certain level they say okay you know i don't need to understand or know the operations as well as i i used to know i think it's very very important that as the company grows you need to know the operations even better and there's a reason behind it because as you get more people in the company uh, the way they will learn from you and the way they will respect you is when you know the operations really well that doesn't mean you need to run the operations on a day to day basis that just means that you know you need to still delve into that you cannot just be like a like a hands off kind of a you know founder or a c level executive mm-hmm. because my views are that you know if you have to be a active founder or an active ceo then you know you need to be involved in all the critical operational issues out there you need to know the bottlenecks you need to know the challenges even more than opportunities in my view and then guide everybody and then ensure that you can allocate the right resources i think right. a big a big role of a founder or or a ceo or a co-founder is that you know right resources are allocated to solve right problems or to address right opportunities yeah and and i think that you cannot get that visibility until unless you are involved in operations until unless you know how 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 things are run you might not be running it on a day to day basis but having that cadence and having that visibility is extremely important yeah it's an interesting one i think there's a real balance right because you have you say you you want to have maintain a depth of understanding on the business yes yes but yes. you know we only have so much attention and one of the things i you know i, I see with a lot of my clients actually is that um, there is always a real opportunity when you get to step back and think you know and a lot of leaders do get snarled in operations and then they they get so much into the details that they they miss that one move that one conversation that's going to be a breakthrough yes but you can have the other way as well right people who are too much in the clouds and then yes 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 so that's it that that's a kind of a fine balance that you have to maintain because you cannot just go one way and just leave the other side totally you know you need to have that you know balance and also you need to get better at these things you know because as a ceo of a growing company or a fast growing company your your role and responsibilities are going to be very different than compared to when you started the company so uh, so as a person as the company evolves you know you also have to evolve yourself you have to learn new skill sets you have to address yeah. new issues that you wouldn't have addressed in the past you know actually and you yeah. have to be willing to work even harder you know life doesn't get easy so that i think is like something that a lot of people feel that after you achieve a certain scale and all that then i can step back if if you want to step back then then just step out you know in my view mm. you know there's right. nothing like stepping back because if you if you still want to be part of the company then then you have to work harder you know that's it yes yes yeah as as um john maxwell the author wrote um the leader is the lead on the organization right and so you know you talking about the need to continue to grow and to evolve that's really in that right for me it's yeah. true it's like for me the biggest organizational breakthroughs come with uh leadership breakthroughs you know the there's no business yeah. transformation without team transformation there's no team transformation without individual transformation you know if the leader does not is not growing yes the organization tends to yeah then exactly. stagnate right yep. because there's no new thinking yep. well hey it's been fascinating talking to you thank you for taking the time i i love your long-term vision that kind of moral compass that's built the business and then this real focus on building a scalable platform based um 
uh, operation that actually serves underserved um, communities, right? And, yeah. and business owners yeah. who who want to build their livelihood and, and, yeah. and get it going. Exactly. So sounds okay. like there's a lot of excitement, a lot of exciting opportunities as you as you go global. If people want to get in touch with, find out a bit more about the business or, or, or get in touch with you, how, what's the best way for them to do that? I think the best way is that they can come on our website, biztocredit.com. Uh, they can write me an email at info at biztocredit.com. That comes directly to me. Uh, or they can also check biztox.com, which is our platform, you know, uh, you know, website. And uh, and I think that's 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 the best way to get in touch with me. You know. Perfect. Well, Rohit, it's been a pleasure talking to you. So um, let's leave it there. Thank you very much. And uh, all the best for the future. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.